previously on Fun Science Fiction. How much sand did you get in your outfit during filming? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just the outfit that got the sand. <laughs> well, hey there, how you doing? I'm Dave Fenoy, and you're listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Did I get it right? The podcast that makes you realize that we are not, nor will we ever be, just a leaf on the wind. So our guest today is a longtime voice actor, and I've been able to catch some of his own Facebook Lives, where he interviews other members of the voiceover community. And honestly, uh, if you watch them, they're quite a good watch, very entertaining and educational. Now, you might also know him as Korath from Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated series. You may have seen him in multiple video games, such as Metal Gear Solid, StarCraft II, World of Warcraft, and, well, many, many others. He's been a busy guy. But... You probably know him best if you're a Star Wars Clone Wars fan uh, as the Jedi we all love to hate, Palm Krell. <laughs> it's our honor to welcome Dave Fenoy to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome, Dave. Bravo, bravo. That was a wonderful introduction. I was waiting to see how many video games you were going to mention there because it's <laughs> like 500 or so somewhere. In yeah, there. there's, there's a few hundred listed there you, you, you could go on and on and on and on and on but we'll uh, fill our hour with tim just reading your imdb reading the list yeah you know <laughs> i i when i first looked up your imdb list i was looking at it on my ipad and i i think i sprained my finger just by scrolling <laughs> having to scroll down through through the list so yeah there's there's quite and, a few on yet there. and yet pong krell uh is one of the characters that everybody remembers mm -hmm. uh, oh, absolutely. I think because star wars is such a big franchise mm -hmm. and he was so deliciously evil uh absolutely and, yeah and, that uh people still remember and uh he was such a great character i was just sorry they killed him off so fast <laughs> heartbreaking yeah I, you know i i he's he's we one of the, the yeah we might we might talk amongst yourselves <laughs> you know it honestly he was like you said one of those characters everybody loves to hate but i would you know sometimes the villains are, are people that you once you've started to hate them you want to see more of them and he was definitely one of the characters that even though i hated him i wanted to see more of him i was actually very disappointed when they killed him off in clone wars and like we said pre-show i would have loved to have seen him uh work alongside dooku and see what see what shenanigans they could have gotten up to what other evil he could have done. Don't clone around. <laughs> well, my day's done. I don't know about you guys, but I'm <laughs> All right. So it doesn't get much better than that, does it? It, it doesn't. No, I love it. When, this is one of the things I love about voice actors. You guys are amazing. I, I love the way that you are guys... not well. It's all <laughs> therapy. <laughs> and the fact that you can bounce in and out of in and out, yeah, characters absolutely. and have conversations between different characters. It's just. And, and it's and with ourselves. Right? Huh? Huh? Who really knows if it's actually you talking or one of the characters? One of the characters in my head. Yes, actually. So, I'm Dave, one one of the things that we we love to do with our guests is get to know the person that is here uh, on the other side of the microphone from us. You know, an origin story, uh, so to speak. We like to know how they became the person that they became. Um, so, in your case. What were your inspirations growing up and, and made you want to get into the arts and even maybe look at voice acting? Wow. Well, I was always interested in performance of one kind or another. I grew up, and after years of therapy, I can say this. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. I, I need all the sympathy I can get from As that. As Michiganders, we're, we're very sorry that you grew up in Ohio. Yeah. And then I just think of Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Well, I was I was just back there for a high school reunion, and it's much worse than it was when I was a kid. Oh. It was really sad. But um, my parents uh, grew up in a black neighborhood, middle class black neighborhood. My father was a veterinarian. He had a private practice in town. In fact, first black veterinarian to have a private practice in Cleveland, Ohio. That's cool. And uh, my mother was a school teacher. And uh, for my family, it was all about education. Uh, my sister, when she was three years old, decided she wanted to be a doctor. And she has been a doctor for a long time now. Um, I 
wasn't quite so clear on what I wanted to do. I knew performance of some kind was going to be it. Uh, I played music. I did theater. There's a community arts center in Cleveland called Karamu House. And uh, my parents uh, put me on the bus and sent me there. And I, I mentioned that because kids don't get on the bus by themselves and go anywhere anymore. No. Uh, but uh, as a kid, you know, I would take the bus, get the transfer, uh, ride to Caramu uh, House. And I took modern dance. I took music. I took art classes, various art classes, sculpture and painting uh, and acting. I was in several plays there, and that seemed to be uh, the second place where I was very happy. The other place was playing sports. Uh, ran track, played football, played baseball, um, and and did well with that. So, and so I was doing art and sports in high school, and uh, cycling back to my parents' education thing, uh, they'd sent my sister to a private girls school, um, in, uh, out on the East coast. And, uh, I didn't want to go away from home. I didn't want to go to boarding school. I wanted to stay with my mommy. So they sent me to Hawkins school for boys, now a co-ed school. Uh, and I was one of the uh, first black kids to go there. We're talking 19 and, uh, <laughs> And it was one of the, the best things they could have done for me uh, because they had a good theater program in this high school, which I might not have gotten in a public school. And right. I went off to college as a theater major, uh, but I was also playing music, uh, went to school for about a year and a half, then uh, got the let's tour and play music bug, uh, quit school, went on the road as a musician for a while. Uh, realized, you know, I could be a better musician if I were a little more literate in it. So went to Howard University uh, in a jazz program and uh, continued for a few more years as a musician before I got married, had a kid and realized, hey, this music thing's up and down and gosh, that kid doesn't care where the milk comes from, just <laughs> needs milk. Right. Uh, and that brought me to radio uh, I became a jock in the San Francisco Bay Area. My wife at the time was uh, working on her PhD in botany. Uh, and I thought I was uh, going to still do music, but I was really kind of letting it go and moving into radio. And the next thing you knew, I was Billy David Ocean on 107.7 KSOL and also uh, on KDIA, the boss of the Bay. Uh, playing R&B hits for about 10 years. Uh, and that's when I discovered voiceover. Um, just as that career was getting started, somebody mentioned to me, um, it was a morning guy on a, a station I was uh, doing some uh, not on air work at, just getting started. Hey, where are you going, man? Well, I'm going over to the city to do some voiceover. I do make more money than that than I do on the radio. And a little bulb went off. I didn't do anything about it for a couple of years, but it never left me. It was a voiceover because he told me, oh, you know, commercials and TV promos, cartoons, man, you know, down in LA, they really can do it. And uh, it just never left. It was a few years before I started taking lessons and really pushing it. But um, once I did, uh, well, things went well. In 1990, after 10 years in uh, uh, Northern California, um, I came to LA to do voiceover and the rest is history. There you go. All right. That's still cool history. That's and you know, cool you story. actually, you confirmed some of my research, which makes me happy that the internet didn't completely lie to me. But it did lie to you. It did lie to you. You looked me up on Wiki, didn't you? Maybe. <laughs> Oh, there's some, there's know, some yeah. bogus, there's some oh, bogus yeah. stuff on which. Oh yeah, for sure. On for it. sure. We can edit it out, right? <laughs> but you said that you left college to tour as a professional musician, and that is really cool. I mean, uh, like you said, music, music is up and down, and you're not always going to get a stable paycheck from that. Oh no. But I thought it was cool that you went from a theater major to then being a touring musician 
So do you still play? You know what? I had to give it up a few years ago because I got bad hands. Uh, I was a guitar player and I got carpal tunnel and trigger finger. And uh, my right hand now is okay. I had an operation on it. And, but my left hand, I've gotten some arthritis in the fingers and I can't, um, I can't control them like I would like to. Mm. Haven't thrown away my guitars yet, though. Or well, no, you a... never throw away a guitar. That's no, you never do. Uh, but uh, I'll probably save them, give them to my grandson. Ooh, I'm sure he would love that. Yeah, that would make it difficult to control the fretboard then. If oh yeah. Oh, and it 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 after a while it got painful. I, not only physically, but in the heart. Sure, emotionally, yeah. I can't oh. do what you used to could. Yeah, but. Because I'd gone to uh, Howard University in the jazz studies program, I got a lot of really great musician friends, uh, which only makes the pain worse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. I like talking about music. I was in choir in school. I was in theater in high school. I was in a jazz group with my mom for a while. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. What did your mom do in jazz? Uh, She's a drummer. Go ahead. I know. I don't know your mom played drums, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my that's you know, and, and quite the percussion. That was just a little vestige of of sexism on my part. You know, because I, I was I was still a little surprised. Oh, mom's a drummer? And I, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that anybody's doing anything. Right. It was it was a fun group though. It was originally the, the band's name was Second Chance, and it was supposed to be a bunch of retired people getting their second chance at music. And uh, then their vocalist left and the, the upright bass player who I graduated from high school with his daughter, he's like, you sing, let's go. I'm like, sweet, let's do this. So uh, well, why don't you sing us a number? Oh, I don't get paid enough for that. Okay, good, good out, <laughs> good out. Um, and it's like not you that have my attention. Any, not that this has anything to do with me, but uh, just a small note. Uh, my wife had an aunt uh, who played with B.B. King. Oh, uh, cool. She was a sax player, and uh, she always dressed like a man her whole career. And uh, my wife used to go visit them in Memphis, where she lived. And there were all, she would tell me there were all these jam sessions and, mm-hmm. and musicians smoking a lot of pot. So. See, I wish I played saxophone. I have one. I just... Can't make I know. I know what a saxophone looks like. <laughs> I mean, that's the closest I'm gonna get saxophone. to it. So. I just haven't found anybody that I can trust to fix it. Ah, uh, yeah. And you got to get somebody that knows what they're doing. And it's it's a 1914 CG con, so it's a C melody. Ooh, vintage! It is. It is. It yeah, is hang on to that. Beautiful. That might be worth some money. It is beautiful. It's got the the mother of pearl keys. It's gorgeous it just needs some tender loving cast, care but... yeah you need somebody who knows what they're doing with that thing mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like there's a couple of music shops around there they're like oh yeah we can fix it or hey we'll send it to flint to fix it i'm like you ain't sending this nowhere i'll never see it again exactly <laughs> right like you know i want somebody who can fix this while i watch it yeah there you go smart <laughs> you smart. go fix it you know on the other side of the glass that's one thing but yeah right yeah no you're not you're not mailing this to flint no 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 very no, no, new no. so I, I i noticed the the cubs cap uh are you in chicago no actually i'm in michigan it, i just you know i just like the cubs oh okay weirdo and well, in michigan too yep i think we're all in michigan all, so everybody's in michigan but me yeah how yeah. come i'm stuck in la if it if it helps <laughs> you i can put on my red wings hat i had that on a few minutes ago I just I say, if, if it really helps we got snow this morning I got yeah, snow. That, that actually does help. Uh, <laughs> actually, it was snowing here about two hours ago, so you guys will be getting here shortly. Uh, I live on the west coast of Michigan, closer him. to Lake Michigan than those guys. And oh, it was oh, nice oh, and sunny all day. And I walk out, you know, I'm in the back side of our shop where my, my studio office is here. And I walk back up front, and we got these big, fat, fuzzy flakes just falling down. And yeah, so you guys should have some fun here in a little bit. 
Uh, you know, it's it's interesting uh, how you put that where in Michigan that you live, because from California, we would never think of anybody saying, I live on the West Coast of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. well, that, you're, you're right on Lake Michigan and Lake Superior, right? Well, Lake Superior is north. That's that's okay. by the UP. Um, so, yeah, Nick's showing you the, the, I, the I'm forgetting my, my great yeah, my Great Lakes uh, history. When I was in Cleveland growing up, I, I just knew the lakes because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, we were on the Lake Erie growing up yeah. in the mistake on the Lake Cleveland. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I live about a half hour from from Lake Michigan and, and I live uh, about 15 minutes from Lake Huron. Oh, there you go. And Nick is and pretty well landlocked. <laughs> Nick is landlocked, so yeah. But Nick yeah. gets no lake love. <laughs> so Dave, you've been around the business of voiceovers for quite some time. What is a piece of advice that you would give someone that is going into voiceover work? Well, first I would say get the training. Don't think that this is just something... Uh, that you can do like anything else, a sport, an instrument. Uh, there are things you can teach yourself, but you will uh, shorten the length of the painful journey uh, by learning some things from people who have already gone down the path, can show you the way. Uh, so I would say that. I would also say don't think this is um, an easy way to riches. I do very well. Um, but uh, the joy for me is being able to do what I do. It has paid me well, but uh, I've had good times and bad times, or I should say not so much bad times, but some years you make a lot of money, some years you might not. Things go up and down. Um, you have to keep pressing on. Uh, the kinds of stories you hear about actors, I was just reading something about, um, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, yes, what happens when you get the gray hair and get old? Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Uh, he was an actor for years. It was 43. He was a, uh, a failed actor. Uh, he was a drug addict. His daughter found him passed out from heroin on the floor. And that kind of woke him up and he went into rehab. And at 46, uh, he did, uh, uh, oh, what's the movie with John Travolta? Um, come on, you guys know. Oh, you Pulp guys. Fiction. Pulp Fiction made him a star. And now he is one of the most bankable actors in the world. Right. Um, and I see many actors and actresses that you remember them from this. You haven't seen them for a while. And then their careers come back um you have to realize that you're doing this for love it's the kind of thing if money weren't a thing you would do it anyway mm -hmm. uh money is a thing and that's one of the uh obstacles i think and when i say obstacle i don't mean just that you're not making any but our thought about it our need for it uh the it it uh, greases the way of life and if you don't have it um you can't pay for rent and cars and kids and so forth. So that becomes mm -hmm. something on your mind. I gotta, I, I gotta get this job. I, I gotta, and when that's there, sometimes that pulls you out of the real ability uh, to be the actor that you want to be. Did I ramble too much there? No, we like we we like advice. rambles. Rambles are good answers. But a solid advice, you know, because yeah, you you have to you know, you have to enjoy what you do, but you also have to do something that is going to put money on the table too. So, yeah. and, um, and I, and I, the advice that you just gave, I, we've, we've asked this question to a couple different voice actors along the way, and they all said, had very similar act uh, answers about not skipping the classes, not skipping the lessons, do, do the work to get the work is, is essentially the, yeah. the vibe we get. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, unless you're, studying something you don't know what it is you can think you know you can have an idea uh but if you're sitting around with uh, your buddies and uh all of you are talking about this thing that none of you have experience in uh it's just bs okay notice family friendly family there you friendly. go <laughs> jolly good show uh, so 
And uh, I, I do a lot of teaching of voiceover, um, but I also tell my students, look, you should uh, work with me, but work with other teachers as well. Uh, because the concepts we're trying to get across sometimes uh, from one person, it's not making sense. They're not speaking quite the language that you understand. Uh, and somebody else is going to say the same thing in different words that, oh, that's what it is. And uh, we see this in, I'm sure, a lot of disciplines. But in voiceover, when they say things, oh, take the words off the page. Just have fun with it. Oh, that's a little reedy. Um, Sometimes people don't understand what the complaint is. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they understand what the complaint, what is it that I have to do to get over whatever this thing is that you're telling me about? And most importantly, um, voiceover is really connecting, uh, taking somebody else's words, making them your own and touching people here and here. Nice. All right. Well, that's a nice lead into my next question for you. Well done. You set it up nicely. Um, now, I had mentioned in the outset that you had done some work with your own your own Facebook live sessions, uh, and you've had some notable guests join you in those sessions. And um, I, I think if you're looking into uh, becoming a, a voice actor or learning something about the the, the voiceover community, the, this is a nice way for for people to maybe get a, a, a look in, uh, you know, on the other side of the curtain is to watch some of your Facebook lives with that you do with these other uh, voiceover guests. But what was your, your impetus for starting these sessions and having the, these discussions that you have online? Uh, you know what, I almost don't remember what that was, but I just felt like um, it, 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 it was twofold. On one hand, there's a part of giving back. I'm a great believer uh, in the multi-religion, idea that that which you give will return to you tenfold okay um, uh, and i have always found the more i give away the more comes to me the more i am um blessed I, you yeah know, I'm sure not, i'm not a particularly religious person but um i i i think the universe uh, responds to positivity it all res also responds to negativity but in a different way mm -hmm. right uh, but uh, I've always found that uh, when I share, uh, abundance comes to me. So originally, that was the idea that I would share. And uh, it has increased my knowledge. Uh, it has given me an audience and a, uh, a trust with, with people uh, mm -hmm. who want to learn uh because i'm out there every wednesday very honest i do a little bit of research but most of it it's off the top of my head uh, i'll take a few notes of things i want to talk about uh but i'm not um i'm not saying this to say you shouldn't do research but i'm not doing a whole lot of research right. on this topic so i can sound like an expert on it. Right. uh i i have a theory that when you reach a point in an area that you can talk about it for an hour off the top of your head, answer questions off the top of your head, you don't need notes, you don't need to, then that's when you have achieved some mastery that you can share. Yeah. One of the things I do like about your sessions and is the fact that, um, you know, it feels very relaxed with the conversations you have with your guests. It's, it's almost like you, you know, uh, and this is one of the things I try to achieve on, on another podcast I host uh, called Focused on Forward, where we're sitting, we're talking about things that we've all overcome and, and different challenges in life and all these different things. But the whole goal of that is I want people to feel like they're listening to two people just sitting across the coffee table from each other, sitting down, having a hot beverage or, whatever, or a cold beverage, whatever you choose, you know, whatever. And uh, even just lukewarm. It, even lukewarm, exactly. What, whatever floats <laughs> your boat. And, uh, but that's the sense that I get from your Facebook lives. They're, they're very relaxed. It's, it's a very um, encouraging and welcoming atmosphere. So kudos to you for achieving that. And I, and I think that's a very big thing. Uh, well, you know what? Thank you. Um, I spent a lot of years on the radio and, and you kind of learned to be this guy on the radio and well, tell me more about that, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but we're also living in a society now where we don't trust too much hype 
Uh, I know that people are getting away with a lot of hype and, and, and things, but I think as people now, uh, and you hear this in voiceover all the time from casting directors, oh, don't sell me, just tell me, mm-hmm. share this information. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do uh, is share some of my knowledge, uh, talk to other people that may have a, a different experience. Uh, they're working more in, in, in other areas. Uh, I have had the good fortune of working in what I call um, the high profile area of voiceover. So I'm on national commercials, TV promos, uh, cartoons, mm-hmm. video games, uh, narrations that are showing up uh, on television and National Geographic and that kind of thing. But there is a whole huge business uh, that will never see the light of day on radio or television. Uh, there are audiobooks where great storytellers uh, get to voice, uh, give voice to wonderful books and stories. Uh, e-learning where people are teaching now, and you know that came mm-hmm. in handy during this pandemic. It when sure has. Go to school, and it comes in handy for. Uh, adults who want to learn something new or, or get more information about whatever it is uh, that they've been working on. Um, you can find anything on the internet now. You know, you can Google it. Oh, how do I do such and such? Oh, right. Yeah, I'll do some woodworking. Oh, here are the right tools. Here's some projects. Here's how to do it. Um, and it has created jobs for a lot of people who maybe they don't have the acting bug like I do, maybe they're, they're never going to uh, knock on the, the video game animation doors, uh, but they get to have a voiceover career and share their voice and their talent in that particular area with a lot of people and get paid for it. Well, there you go. You can learn anything on the internet now. Oh, boy. I watched somebody take a PlayStation 3 apart and put it back together so that I could figure out how to fix mine. Yeah, well, see, there you go. And that's the guy. Uh, I was uh, one of my neighbors. Uh, my wife and I went over and had dinner and uh, some really good wine with them last night. Mm. And um, he is a sound recordist and, and dialogue mixer. Uh, I've done, uh, I do some uh, work in some movies doing dialogue replacement and so forth. Uh, and uh, she is a producer of films, mostly uh smaller films but i'm sure uh, you've probably seen one or two of them okay but we're we're having dinner and after he says hey can come here i want to show you something and he's got two pinball machines sitting in this little room off the kitchen and they're vintage pinball machines and one say a buddy of mine loaned me this one and this one i bought for 400 bucks and he's putting it together and where does he learn how to do this on the Mm -hmm. internet Mm -hmm. and we We must have spent a good 45 minutes while the ladies were talking, uh, <laughs> being pinball with her. Hey. Ever since I was a young boy, ladies. I played the silver ball. That's right. Awesome. So thinking about your work, and you said that you are in the high profile uh, um, voice acting. Just You've just been... meaning that people see it, people oh, yeah, no. hear it on in broadcast yeah. right understood sometimes when i say that i think people think they're thinking oh oh i'm doing the very special important <laughs> one it's no, not that. no it, but i do just... think that it has it has opened up different doorways for you because you've been included in franchises like star wars and transformers walking dead batman murder she wrote i mean there's there's a ton of them so of the ones that you've worked with is there a particular franchise that you're super fond of or Uh, you know um i have had the amazing good fortune to work in just about every uh very popular franchise Mm -hmm. um i'm in the marvel world i'm in the dc world uh star wars star trek um is it okay to say star trek with you guys oh absolutely um um, uh, walking dead um just so many uh I just like to work. I I, I love the fact that I I have continued to work steadily uh, my entire career. Um, 
But I think about the Walking Dead game and the character I played, Lee Everett, which is probably the most iconic character I've played. And one of the great things for me about that is I created him in terms of the first performance. I don't mm -hmm. know that you know, since they killed him off, I don't know the, that there'll be other Lee yeah, Everett what Walking stories. Dead does, they kill people. Yeah, yes, it just happens. Um, but I think for me, uh, much as I love, uh, I've played Nick Fury and a lot of iconic, especially black characters. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, uh, what is most rewarding is the idea of taking a character no one has ever seen, heard before, uh, and bringing that character to life in a world that makes that character uh, popular or touches people's hearts. That makes cool. sense. So outside of work, is there a franchise that's, that you're particularly fond of? I mean, are you a Star Trek fan? Are you a Star Wars fan? Yeah, I'm more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan. I'm, I'm loving the new uh, Star Wars stuff, The Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, I can't wait for the next ones to come. Everyone. <laughs> right? Oh. May is too oh, far Fett. away. I'm enjoying Boba Fett. I like The Mandalorian just a little bit more, but Boba Fett is still pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, May 25th cannot get here fast enough. It's um, far, far too the far Obi -Wan away. Obi-Wan series is, oh, I yeah. want it now. Yeah. Like, uh, I and love it, that they're releasing it on the, the anniversary of the premiere of the first movie, but still. You know, it, it, our, um, our entertainment uh, mythology, because I'm thinking thousands of years from now, they'll be looking at this stuff and thinking it's real. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> It's it's just so amazing where what was it 1977 Star Wars came out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I remember that. I wasn't one of the first ones to go. I wasn't one of the people, oh, Star Wars is coming, I'm going. But when I went, it was like, <laughs> this, this right here. Uh, and the naysayers, while it was being made in the movie industry, that just did not think it was going to do anything. And funny story. And good story uh, uh, for Mr. Lucas. Uh, the movies companies weren't interested in merchandising. Ah, this stuff, who's going to want it? That's ah, just right. a bunch of junk. Go ahead, you take it. We're not interested. The millions and billions of dollars that has been made, that Lucas yes. has made right. uh, from merchandising is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we did a, a panel at a small Comic-Con about the cultural impact that Star Wars has had. And that was one of our main points was it completely changed how merchandising is done for movies. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. I, I can't imagine those, those movie execs now with that, like, oh, he said no to that when there are literally people all over the world with lightsabers. But, you know, now, 20, 30 years later, you know, they're having to talk. I, I did all this smart stuff. I, I was responsible for that movie. Yeah, yeah, but you missed out on the merchandise. How many of us have Star Wars merchandise within arm's reach? Like, uh, where is it's it? It's just, and they... I don't know what you're talking about. Right. No, you don't have thousands of dollars worth of Funkos behind you. Yeah. Oh, you know, I have some merchandise. It's, it's not within arm's reach. And... Uh, worse, I have merchandise that I've never opened, that I got my, for my grandson, who's now eight years old, and he won't see it until maybe he's 20. <laughs> uh, because it's in the box, it's got to stay safe. I, I do not want him uh, ruining the, 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 the merchandise, uh, how much it will be worth years right. from now. Yeah. Right. Your kid, this will get you started in business. Pay your way through college. <laughs> Bye. My mother-in-law gave my daughter a Darth Vader um, lightsaber, still in box, that my husband has hid in the closet with the, nope, mm -mm, we're going to keep that one here. Yeah. Bought her a $5 light sword at Walmart and did the, here you go. This is the here one you can go. play with until I trust you. Yeah, well, because they don't understand. No. Right. They don't no. understand. It's just no, a toy. When, when my level up lightsaber got here and she did the, can I play with that? And I'm like, yeah, I've watched him bash this thing into light poles. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> if you can break it, I will be impressed. If I still had the all the Star Wars toys I had when I was a kid, 
and I, you know, I had like the Darth Vader face case where you could put the individual, you know, uh, action figures into and all the, all the different action figures I had. Yeah. Luke, you are my son. Exactly. Yeah. I'd have been, I'd have been set. Oddly, the first job I had when I came to Los Angeles, uh, was playing Darth Vader for Disney um some promo they were doing where they wanted a darth vader and of course they weren't going to pay james Earl jones to fly out from new york and mm-hmm. uh, and since my agent was um hyping me as a young james earl jones uh, <laughs> i went in and and uh did this job it was uh, some kind of promo for the disney channel uh as james Earl jones and the first thing they did uh they said well let me hear what you sound like Luke, you are my son uh yeah the force is with you or whatever it was i don't remember what the lines were and then they handed me a coffee pot with nothing in it and they said here just hold that just below your mouth and talk and of course you got the little echoey sound mm-hmm. sure that they, i'm not sure that's how they did it on a movie but that's how we did it and it 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 worked and several times uh after that they'd have me do the darth vader and i'd come in put the pot hold there the and, and yeah <laughs> that's cool i'm gonna go home and talk like darth vader there you go (laughs) you you glow a little too much under fluorescent lights you know what nobody asked you nobody asked you (laughs) coming from somebody else who glows under fluorescent lights it's okay you know it's it's funny because we always think of james earl jones as darth vader because he was the voice but it was Mm -hmm. a whole other actor right was doing the physicality Yeah. yeah But he didn't. Have, he didn't have the James Earl Jones voice. He didn't have the now voice. You have Hayden Christensen, who is yeah. definitely not James Earl Jones. Yeah. I got to meet uh, James Earl Jones once. Uh, there was a Ooh. very first first Voice Arts Awards uh, in New York. He was being given a, an award, and I was the booth announcer for it. It was being put on by a couple of friends of mine, Joan and Rudy, and uh, so. He was backstage, had to sit just a few feet from me where I was, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to blah, 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 blah. And it was like I was geeking. Oh, gosh, it's James Earl Jones. I've loved him forever. It's Darth Vader. That would be and uh, uh, and I, I went over and, you know, had my little phone and said, can, can I take a picture with you? And he goes, oh, yes, yes, of course you can. And we took the picture and he told me, that's the first selfie he's ever taken. Oh. Oh. That's just cool. Nice. And it was just such a gentleman. Just that is so cool. I love it. you're talking about fangirling over James Earl Jones, and I'm over here fangirling about your fangirl squeal. That was that was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I make that sound even. That was cool. Oh, uh, I got a little range. There you go. <laughs> Gotta use it. So we all have something that is close to our hearts. And and do you have that one gemstone throughout your I life? I watched the so- show. I watched the show on HBO. Oh, oh no, that's not what you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> that's a different gemstone. <laughs> is there like a gemstone of a, of, a, of a job that you did that maybe not be so well known, but still holds a special place in your heart? Actually, there's several of them. Uh, one for years, uh, I was the voice of the Apollo, Showtime at the Apollo. And every week, Showtime at the Apollo with performances by... Um, oh, no kidding. I always loved doing that. Um, and I'm also one of the voices on uh, Time Life music things, which I've done for since early in my career, uh, when CDs were a thing mm-hmm. and VHS tapes were a thing. This is when this gig started. Uh, and they're still selling CDs, collections of R&B from the 70s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the love songs, the dance songs. Uh, 7,200 of your favorite love songs, all on yeah, seven and CDs. Yeah. I continue to do that work uh, and yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, most hey. jobs uh, will last you, uh, you know, either one session or maybe uh, a few, uh, but not 30 years. Right. 
And if you go to the Time Life channel, uh, from time to time, if they're doing an R&B thing uh, or a gospel thing, that's me. That's I thought awesome. I recognized your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. And if you order right now, not only will you get these 75 great hits. <laughs> oh, God. I just had a flashback. But shipping and handling is absolutely free. <laughs> flashback to waking up to my TV still being on. Yes. Right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> three o'clock well, in the morning. Suddenly well, hearing your as, voice at three in the morning. Right? <laughs> well, as soon as you said that, that you had you know done the introduction for Showtime at the Apollo, I'm like, I used to stay up late at night just to watch that show and listen to it. Yeah. So, okay. That's cool. It's one of those things where the, the, the little light bulb, you know, clicks in the back of your brain and go, so that's who that's, who, you know, whose voice yeah. that was. All right. Yeah. Another, cool. uh, another job that uh, came out of the blue was the voice of Hulu for its first eight years. And if, really? you, went, okay. uh, if you went to Hulu to watch a show, you'd hear me. The following program is brought to you with limited commercial interruption by. That is you. And <laughs> I'll be dipped. And it was a gig. Now, nobody knew a thing about Hulu when uh, before it started. Mm -hmm. And I was at a party, at a, a friend of my wife's, and um, she was having a party. And there was a guy there, sad sack, that really liked her, but she had no interest in him. So he's sitting on the couch feeling sorry for himself. And I happened to sit next to him. And he goes, oh, hey, you know, yeah, Dave, I'm so-and-so. What do you do for a living, man? So I do voiceover. Oh, wow. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a producer, music producer and mixer and stuff. And there's this new thing, uh, Hulu coming out and they're looking for a voice. Uh, give me your email address, man. A week later, uh, I'd send him an audition and became the voice of Hulu, which was like, oh, two or three hundred bucks a month for the first few months. But uh, very quickly, it turned into, uh, oh, I could live on this gig. <laughs> That's I, was, awesome. I was so sad to see it go after eight years. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I but, miss your intro to Hulu instead of the stopping and the making me choose which of the ads they want me to watch. It's like, I don't oh, yes. want oh, yes. to choose. I don't want an ad. Yeah. Go away. Well, you got to pay a little more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to get around it. More. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Dave, one of your best-known characters, we, we've talked about it already, is also one of the most hated in all of Star Wars, and that's, of course, Pong Krell from the Clone Wars, the Jedi turned Separatist. Now, we asked our Facebook group, which has over 200,000 members and our, our social media followings, if they had any questions that they wanted to ask of Pong Krell. Now, there's a lot of <laughs> questions that we won't repeat. Uh, but the one that we can repeat in the most common... Oh, you, Pong Krell! <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, the one, the, one of the most, uh, commonly asked ones was, uh, who do you think you are? Uh, but the one that we wanted to share with you is going to get an answer from you for, uh, you think you are Krell, traitor. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, where did you, and this comes from a, a gentleman named Andy Bentley. Andy wanted to know where you drew your inspiration for the expression of Pong Krell, the, the, the character of Pong Krell. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. James Earl Jones. Really? I'm not going to lie, James Earl Jones. I I just felt like this could have been his cousin. Uh, or, or could have been the cousin of, of uh, uh, Darth Vader. I, I felt he had that kind of presence, uh, but, you know, was moving around a lot more. He, he, he didn't have quite the stature of mm -hmm. uh, Darth Vader, but he was from the same school. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. You just, just think Pong Krell in a whole other light, didn't you? Oh, completely, completely. That's that's a again light bulb. Um, but <laughs> yeah, just yeah, I'm I'm I quickly do. That's the sad <laughs> part. No, but just thinking about how he positioned himself and how he talked to to people and, and even the voice you were using and doing and, it. And even when you see him, he's I'm Pong Krell. Send the clones here, and I need that immediately. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's wow. Okay. Wow. I... Minds blow. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there wasn't much left to blow, but you, you did. You, you done blown it. It's if you heard that tiny little pop, that was all that was left, but you got it. <laughs> it just it sounded like one of those little the little bubbles in the bubble wrap, but peep. 
No, that's cool. Uh, that and so Andy, there's your answer. Uh, he drew his inspiration from from James Earl Jones and and Darth Vader. That's and thank you, Andy, for such a smart question, and not you know. Who do you think you are? All the things swearing at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I you know used to, with the the soap operas, uh, people often mistake the actor for you know who the character that they're playing mm -hmm. and you know cuss them out in public oh you why did you do that to susan she loved you you because the writers <laughs> told me to um and one it's a testament to uh the actor's ability to play the character and also the person's uh, inability to uh, recognize reality and fiction but mm -hmm. well there's that uh, you know when you, you touch people if if that character is making them a love hate um you're doing something right as opposed to just oh that guy sucks i don't believe him oh he's not a good actor yeah so on that same sort of topic of characters that you've played that people don't like you have okir <laughs> eric and ronald taylor in the mass effect games oh wow and my husband is a huge fan of the mass effect games. so when we were going through your imdb and he's like oh, i hate those characters i'm like yes yes you do i've seen that repeatedly i don't want to i don't want to tell you what's happened to your characters i'm really sorry you know and those <laughs> are two very early characters in my career uh okir uh was one of the very first game characters i played so do you think is it fun for you to be the bad guy in the story I or one of the bad guys the bad guy <laughs> Bad guys are a lot of fun to play because you get to do things you would never do in real life. That is true. I do understand that. And in some ways it might be cathartic for people, but you know, uh, sometimes playing the good guy uh, can be boring if, if they're always good, uh, which is why more often than not now, when we're looking at whoever that character is that is on the right side of things, often, um, they're more um, a protagonist than hero. Uh, they they've got some issue. Um, they you know they may be trying to atone at Lee Everett trying to atone for some things he did. Right. Um, so that that person that's not always just I do everything good and I'm going to save the day. That's not that interesting and motivation as somebody who. You know, maybe they've got a dark past. Maybe they've got a secret they're trying to hide. Uh, maybe they did some really terrible things, uh, uh, but now they've seen the light and they're, you know, come to a different understanding. I wish that I got paid to do that. I mean, I play role-playing games with a group of friends and with my husband, and you get that that little glimpse of the I would never do this in real life, but my character <laughs> would. Oh yeah. And oh, so yeah. I am going to take my Warhammer and smash that person's kneecaps because that's what fits this scenario. <laughs> Kathleen wouldn't do it. This character. I wouldn't do it myself, but my I've been taken over no, by this character and I think I'm going to eat your liver. Exactly. With so onions and baba beans. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, but it is fun to get to explore those different aspects. And in a safe environment oh yeah you're in a controlled environment, controlled yes. environment. yeah where, no... where, where the guns are toy guns and uh there, there's no legal action taken for the thing yeah there you go I, I think it was uh aren't really dead i think it was david sobolov who said that if you know having a uh a booth in his home if his neighbors didn't know him better they he they would think he was killing somebody you know oh so. oh Absolutely. Well, thank God I got a house and, you know, I'm in the basement here. <laughs> uh, but often uh, I'm talking to other voice actors, especially when I'm teaching. And it's like, oh, no, you're playing this character. You've got to be louder. You're shouting. You're, uh, and I'm trying to get out of it. And, and the thing I'll find it out is, well, you know, I'm in this apartment and my neighbors, I don't want them to. It's like, oh, okay. I understand. But <laughs> yeah. you got to do it anyway. Just tell them, look, I'm. I'm doing voiceover and I'm playing this character and it, the character's screaming and killing and um, you'll just have to put up with this for the next hour. You don't want to do the, the psycho shower scream in an apartment. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, because the police may come knocking on your door. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Fenoy. <laughs> we've had some reports of, uh, well, frankly, we'd like we'd like to talk. Yeah, we'd like. I think to talk. also though, David Sobolov <laughs> mentioned that a voiceover booth would be the perfect place to kill somebody he because did, yes. so your neighbors would either think, "Oh, he's just recording again," or not even. They wouldn't hear it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, there's a story. A voiceover actor does a lot of video games. There's a lot of screaming and whatnot, but he's also a serial killer. Ooh. It's like Rear Window part dun, 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 two. Dun, dun. <laughs> Rear Window 2022. There you go. A movie that should never be remade. Strange combination no. of Rear Window and Dexter. It, it kind of was with uh, Shia LaBeouf in Disturbia. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but he, he was just looking out the window at the, the murderer who yeah he was just being one a punk kid yeah so we have a facebook group with over about two hundred thousand now yeah wow. almost two almost 201 we're, we're on the cusp and uh it is just filled with memes it's this thing mixed with this thing so what two characters of yours would you like to see come together and either be nemesis or to work together and rule the galaxy oh boy now there's a question well uh since we're all big star wars fans i'll say pong krell uh and then let's put him together with lee everett who comes from uh the world of zombies hmm. interesting now what they, they would, would do together i have no idea i was gonna say do they work <laughs> together, or would they be nemeses Oh, well, let's put them together. I don't know how. I don't know why. Uh, it was the first answer that popped into my head. Well, sometimes the first I'm answer sure is the best answer. We'll, we'll and, and, and what, I mean, Lee Everett, great character, great guy, taking care of Clementine, but he ain't got no superpowers. The Force hasn't been with him. Maybe he could become a Jedi. Ooh, maybe he could become a Jedi as he was dying and therefore not turn into the zombie or go half zombie, half human, and and then be a Jedi halfling. Ooh. Could be. I could do. Only every now and then he's got to eat some brains. Return of the walking clones. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but typically what we do is we run our cast through a, a quick little quiz. Okay, um, I'll take the quiz. Come on. All right. Well, we'll do it real quick. This oh, game. There you go. Well, we'll try not to. My sixth grade quiz in Mrs. Blandon's class, and I was never the same. <laughs> we called this one "Don't Get Fanoid With Us." <laughs> what we did there. All right. So, what this game is about? It's about the the first five years, according to IMDb, of your voiceover and acting career. Now, this is according to IMDb. Now, on the five questions, they're all multiple choice. Okay. And so, the questions will be about your. I uh, will give you the name of the of the show, and it's not going to be uh, according to IMDb. It's when that show first started on the air, not when necessarily you were in it. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, now, if you get three of the questions of the five questions correct, we do want to send you this. I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans coffee mug. Oh, come on, send me the mug anyway. Well, we, you know, we can talk. I, I know I'm going to screw this up. We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, if if you get four questions correct, we'll send you the mug and the uh, the book that Nick's about to hold up. Right, Nick? Nope. <laughs> okay. Then we're going to send you this book instead, uh, which is called The Custodians of the Cosmos, which is where we get the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans fun uh, information about. It's all about a young man who tried to join something quite like Starfleet, but not Starfleet for litigious reasons, uh, washed out and uh, joined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. <laughs> so he was a janitor pretty much yeah uh now however if you get less than three questions correct we take your picture we make a meme out of you and we put it into our facebook group it if we call it our fun sequence it's it's quite lovely okay. in fact. all right all right okay. we'll, we'll do our best now remember five questions multiple choice the year this show began according to imdb okay question one new kids on the block was that 1995, 1993, or 1990? I want to say um, 
You know, something told me I should have said that because it was it was an early job. I, yeah, damn it. Illinois. No, I didn't say 1990. No, honestly. Right. No, no. <laughs> All right. Number 0 for 1. Two. Where on earth is Carmen San Diego? 1995, 1994, or 1991? I want to say 2000. Wrong again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so before before we tell you yes or no, remember that the the this is about the first five years of your career, 1990 to 1995 only. Oh, oh, well, what were those years again? <laughs> 1991, 2000 or 2001. Oh, I'd say, uh, see, uh, 1991. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I got right. one. Yay! One for three. All right, question four. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, 1992, 1994, or 1990? I want to say 1992. And try again. 94? <laughs> there you correct. go. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, All you right. guys are help. You're so helpful. <laughs> Let me try. try. Murder, she wrote. Was it 1995? 1993 or 1991? Uh, Murder, she wrote. It had to have been 91. It was 93. <laughs> was it, it was the first one. Was it 93? Yeah. I was on that show. I did an episode of that show. Yeah. According to, according to IMDb, 93. Well, I, as we thought know. I, reckon, I thought I remembered that show from the 80s. Anyway. Well, IMDb is not always the bastion of, of correct information. So, well, Dave, thanks for being on the show today. Where can our <laughs> listeners go to find out more about you? and what Well, you can always visit my website, davefenoy.com. Um, if you're uh, an aspiring voiceover actor, you can sign up and uh, get some lessons or just sign up and uh, find out where I'm going to be uh, doing what conventions and uh, training and so forth. Uh, that uh, uh, podcast, that broadcast that I do on Facebook Live every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Um, Pacific is on my Facebook page, but they live on my YouTube channel, Dave Fenoy Voiceover Training. Um, so uh, follow me there. Uh, I do have Instagram. I don't do it a lot. I'll try to do it a little bit more. Uh, but uh, Say hello. Oh, Twitter at Dave Fenoy. There you go. Well, we are going to link all of those in our video and our show description so that our listeners can find you. Fantastic, I think. And we just <laughs> want to remind everybody real quick that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Dave Fenoy here and have these funny moments for you guys to listen to. So please subscribe. It's the little button that you'll see right down there at the bottom. And go check out Dave Fenoy's work at all those awesome places that he just mentioned. And if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Pong Krell, known for his decisiveness and completion of tasks, no matter the casualty count. Just be sure that your complaint aligns with the ideals of the separatist, not the Jedi. You know, since Pong Krell is trying so hard to, to be buddies with Count Dooku. If it is, you can be sure that the offending parties will be dealt with swiftly and you probably don't want to know the rest of the details. And as uh, Paul Krell might say, up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Dave. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Dave. Oh, this has been. Thank you, guys. Uh, Tim, Kathleen, Nick, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. And I uh, hope we can do this dance again sometime. Ooh, We'd love we it. would love that. All right, guys. That's it for Funny Science Fiction. Take care. Bye, everybody. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports a wish upon a teen foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 72. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Team Ruby in the battle against the Grim, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his dust supply. 
Plus, uh, his family was happy to see him go. He was a jerk. Terrible husband, bad father. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.